Arts of Spirituality podcast. This is your host, Myra. This podcast takes us on a journey to finding new ways of spirituality that can help us ascend to our higher self and be one with the universe. Thank you guys for joining us. Today I have Psychic Alice, also known as the Psychic Next Door. How are you, Alice? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here. I just got off your live and there was so many things going on on there that I was like, I love your vibe. I love your energy. It's it's so flowy. So I was recommended by, you were recommended, I'm sorry, by a friend of mine. And she's been following you for about, I'm going to say about six years. Yes. A long time, a really long time. <laughs> and she's like, my psychic, my psychic. She is awesome. She helped me through this and she helps me through that. She is your biggest fan. And um, shout out to my friend, Gina. Hey, Gina. <laughs> this is for you, girl. Um, and the thing that I was so intrigued about was that you're so connected with your community and your following. Thank you. And she's like, no, she's so sweet and she's so, you, you message her and she's, she's right there helping you out every step, every step of the way. And I love that because not a lot of people are genuine to their followers. And I see that a lot on, on your, on your post. And based on what she tells me, you're very genuine to, to your following. So that's amazing. Thank you. That's a beautiful thing to have. Thank you. I appreciate it. So Alice, you're the tenth generation in Romanian spiritual conducts practices. Yeah. How was that growing up? So um, first, I I want to just say is I I know you said Romanian, so I do want to let people know that there is a distinction between the Romani people, which I am, and Romanian people. We are two totally different beings, and a lot of people think that we're the same. But we're not. That's okay if you think that. I just want to let y'all know what's up. But <laughs> thank you for that correction, because you know what? No problem. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know that there was a difference, but that's why we're here to learn and to to do things right. So absolutely. Um. So in my family, again, yes, I am the tenth generation Romani psychic. And for those of you who are not familiar with the term Romani in general, it does mean gypsy. That's, that's who I am. That's what I am. Yes, we are real people. We are not mythical creatures. We exist. Um, please don't call us gypsy, though. Um, you can call us Roma, uh, Romani, Rom. Um, that, that's acceptable. But to answer your question, I have, you know, I grew up in this, so I've done it my whole life. I've always done, um, you know, palm readings and tarot card readings, and it's it was the normal. It was never something that was like hidden away or you know never not. It was always there. It was always prominent. It was always a part of my life in every single way, shape, and form. Like ev every way, shape, and form. That's awesome. <laughs> That is not a lot of us have that experience to like grow up in the I grew up Catholic. So my family's when when they started seeing me do tarot or start 
digging into like the spirituality, they're like, oh no, <laughs> you know? And they're bringing out that holy water. They're like, no girl, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not here, not here, not you. Right. I'm like, but I'm supposed to break generational trauma. I was the chosen one. They're like, <laughs> no, no. Um, I feel you. So that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, you know, growing up, growing up, it was cool. It was fun, but it was also, it was also a pain too, because like you couldn't get away with anything. You know, my, my mother always knew what was up. My dad always knew what was up. My grandmother always knew what was up. There was never hiding anything. You know, having a boyfriend, couldn't have a boyfriend. Oh my goodness. Like they knew what was up. Like, are you on the phone talking to boys? Like, no mom, like I know you are. I know, and I'm like, all right, yeah. So you couldn't get away with anything growing up. They always knew what was going on. But on the, on the brighter side, you know, as a spiritual person, you know, going through, going through all these emotions, right? Like as you get older and your, and your gift starts to strengthen, you know, sometimes you go through moments where you're like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what's going on. Is this real? Am I crazy? Like all these emotions. So it was really nice having, you know, that support next to me, people who have gone through it before, who could walk me through it explain what I'm feeling, what's going to occur. So growing up in that environment was was really, really special. It really was. Yeah. I could imagine, especially because, um, you know, right now it's trending for everybody to be waking up, and I think it's time for everybody to start waking up. But then you get to a point where you need a mentor, and the mentorship sometimes is not quite there or you can't really see eye to eye with your mentors. But you, you having all these, the whole family that's a mentorship and is able to guide you. It's, I think it's amazing because now, now I look at my own children and my daughter does things that I don't even know at all what she's going through. And I'm like, I have to go find someone because I don't know how to guide her. I don't know how to do things. But you had your mom, you know, you had your grandma and you had, you know, that's amazing. Absolutely. And, you know, I do, I get a lot of people like you who message me and, you know, tell me like, you know, their, their child is experiencing this or, you know, they're seeing this number or all of these different things. And so I, I try to help as much as I can to like give that instruction, to give that information to be like, don't freak out. <laughs> This is normal. <laughs> you know, I, I try to give people that um, that peace of mind and that support Yes. to navigate this whole spiritual awakening process because it can get really intense for sure. Yeah, definitely. What was one thing that um, helped you fully embrace your spirituality? Because I know you mentioned, obviously, your family or whatnot. But there had to be a time in your life where um, the 3D world was clashing with your spiritual side. Yeah. Meaning, like you said, you, you had to have a boyfriend, but your parents knew that you had a boyfriend. <laughs> so when, when was there like a, a balance between the 3D world and what we go through and the spiritual side? I think that that's a really great question, like especially for me, because... Um, 
my whole like acceptance and spiritual awakening process, I think is kind of crazy. Yes, I grew up in this. You know, I always knew I had this gift. I had this ability. You know, I, 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 I literally have worked since I was six years old, you know, doing readings for people. And that was just like, okay, well, that's accepted. Like, that's who you are. That's what you're supposed to do. Of course, I had, you know, moments growing up where I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be, you know, an artist or I want to, you know, all these different things. But at the end of the day, it kind of always came back to like, no, this is this is what you're supposed to do. There was a a long period, I think, of, of time where. I accepted that, you know, that like this was my calling, this is what I'm supposed to do, but I did not feel very passionate about it. I felt really kind of empty about it. Like, like this is like someone chose this for me and this is just what you have to do. And like in my, in my culture, in our language, we call it like a musai. There's a word called musai, which just means like you have to do it. Like it's, it's like your, um, oh my gosh not your honor, but like your, your job. Like it's just, you have to take this role on. And so for the longest time, you know, I did it, but I didn't feel totally connected to it because the way that my um, family had done it before was really honestly just a means to survive. You know, yes, they, you know, they used to, you know, go in their, in their wagons and travel and do, you know, palm readings and tarot cards and all these things, again, as, as a means to survive, it's like, it's all we knew, you know, we weren't allowed this education and all of these things. So we had to do what we had to do. And so that left me feeling really empty. And I would just kind of do readings the way that, you know, my family had taught me to, which was, I don't want to say cold readings because that's a really bad terminology. Um, that's that's not what it was. It was more when they did readings, they did not allow themselves to connect emotionally with their clientele. And I did that for the longest time, but it was so difficult for me. It was so hard for me to do that because I am a little bit different from them. I'm more empathetic than my family before me. And so I, you know, I feel a little bit more, I sense a little bit more, I connect with people on a deeper level. So it was really hard for me to kind of shut that out. And when I realized that I can do what I do, take this, this gift that I have and turn it into something that's more than just making a living, that's more than just uh, putting money in my own pocket. Like I have a real gift to really help people and advise them and guide them and make their lives better. And I have the opportunity to speak with them on like a normal kind of basis and, and walk through them or walk, um, walk them through the process of certain things. And I think that it was, it was probably like mm, 20, 13, I think like 2013, I had this realization, like I can be more than what my family was, I can do it in a different way, in a way that fulfills me in a way that gives back. So what would be like the pinpoint moment of that? Honestly, I can't really. Well, I can tell you the pinpoint moment of that was my mom getting diagnosed with brain cancer in um, 
like 20, yeah, like the late 2013, early 2014. And so when that happened, it's like my whole little world <laughs> settled out, my whole little world around me. And, you know, you're, you start you start thinking about your time on this earth and what are you going to accomplish with your life and what are you going to, and that was, that was my moment. Like, you know, I don't want to live how she lived. I want to do more. I want to help people in a bigger way. And when that happened, it was like my own um, abilities, my own intuition, all of these things almost got heightened because it was a new form of like acceptance. It was a new form of accepting not just, okay, my gifts and all of this, but me, accepting me. And so it's a, it's a really big thing, I think, for, you know, spiritual people who, you know, people who know they have a gift, people who are, you know, reading tarot cards, people who are, you know, doing Reiki and all of these things. Like, you know you have the gift. You know you have the ability. You know, like, this is your calling. But there's a difference in, like, I just used to look at it as, like, well, this is what you what you do almost, but not necessarily who you are. I don't know if that really makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, when you just, when you accept yourself in that different way, I think it really amplifies your gifts, your abilities. It's like telling the universe, hey, I am ready. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, sometimes it's funny that you mentioned the universe because nowadays everybody's looking for a sign. Mm -hmm. And everybody's looking for that one sign, that little angel number that you just need to move forward. But I love the fact that you mentioned that once you were able to put a touch of yourself into your practice, that's when you actually started shining. Because that's that's very crucial. In order for you to understand others, you have to understand yourself. And the fact that you were you were connecting with others, like I said, you were recommended because of the connection that you had with someone else. And she's been loyal to you for such a long time. And I'm sure she's going to be loyal to you for a lifetime. And the fact that you were able to help her in ways that no one else was able to help her that's beautiful to me like and I, and I say the word beautiful because to me I feel everything so intense yeah I'm the same way like I totally get it I'm the same way like I think people and I'm sorry to cut you off but I think people use like the term beautiful and love almost like too much and it loses its meaning but like when you say it I, I, I get that meaning. I feel that from you. Like it doesn't lose its value when you say it. I hope that again makes sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't just say it just to say it. Yeah. I definitely, I feel it. I feel like, first of all, I have, um, my moon sign is cancer and I have it in my first house. So I feel everything so intensely. Mm-hmm. That when I do say that's beautiful. Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm feeling the emotion that you felt when when you were dealing through that. And then it was like there was a breakthrough and then you just felt yourself completely. <laughs> I agree. I think it is beautiful. Talking about astrology. So I've seen your I've seen your TikTok and I also follow you on Instagram. And you do a lot of like astrology, palmistry, um, tarot. 
through some of your videos, I ended up learning a lot about myself because of the palmistry, because you actually teach others how to, how to look for each line or whatnot. Yeah. But what is your favorite form of divination? What is something that you, you could say, I love expressing myself through that divination? Well, I, I mean, I love just kind of setting with people, you know, face to face, whether it's in person, whether it's like a Zoom, you know, session, which is kind of what I'm doing at the moment. Um, but I, I love just interacting with people that way because I read energy. You know, I, I use the tarot and I use your palms more as like a tool to just kind of interpret, interpret everything that I'm feeling, everything that I'm seeing, everything that I'm hearing. So that's my favorite way is to just kind of set down and like, let's just discuss, like, let's just get into it. Like if you book a session with me, I don't ask you anything. Like the only thing I want to know from you is like your name and your date of birth. I don't want to know why you came here. I don't want to know what your questions are. Like, I just want to tell you what is happening. Um, my other favorite form of divination, because, you know, it's like a tossed up. I do love palmistry. Uh, palmistry has always been my first love. Like as a kid, that was my thing. I was like, I was obsessed with learning as much as I could about palms. And what I really love about it is so stupid. But what I really love about it <laughs> is um, this: when the skeptics come up to me and 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 they think that like you know I'm of it and you know it's fake or skeptic whatever they don't believe in it but when you sit down and you show me your hand and i start reading that palm like i can't fake that you know it's not like a tarot card where i can just make up something if i wanted to or whatever tell a story like this is your palm this is on your hand this is your story like you can't make that up and to see a skeptic's face when you do that, it, it, that is like the most satisfying thing in the world to me. I know that's so silly, but, um, you know, I, I've been underestimated my whole life. You know, you have to, you have to keep in mind that like I was this little girl at six years old, you know, in the tent doing palm readings with my grandmother and my grandmother would be like, okay, you go, you know, you go read for that person. And then the people would, you know, tell me, they're like, I don't want that little girl to do my reading. And I don't blame them. Like, I get that. But, but as the child in the scenario, you know, growing up with that, like, I don't want them to do it. That was always my, like, the coolest thing to me. Like, oh, you don't want me? Hold on. Come here. Sit down. Show me your hands. And it just be like, read them from A to Z. Like that was, and it still is like, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot imagine having a palm reading from a six-year-old. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I cannot, my, my son to the day, um, he's five. Okay. And he, Sometimes I pull my cards and, you know, I do certain things with my spirit guides or whatnot. And I had to buy him a deck for himself. Oh, my gosh. Because he's, like, um, trying to read the cards. And then he'll sit there and he'll mumble all these things and say, this is what's going to happen. And that's what's going to happen. And I'm like, but, I, I mean, the fact that I hear someone else say that they've done divination at such an early age. And it's been something that when it's for you, it's for you. Yes. 
when it when you have the the gifts for intuition and you have the the love for it then what does age me mean you know it doesn't really mean much and it doesn't you know when you when you think about it too like children have this innocence about them and they are untouched by the world with you know they don't have that um oh my gosh what is the word they haven't been like man manipulated in any way like like you should believe in this and you should not believe in that and like this is real but this is not like children have that innocence where like oh anything is possible like everything everything and anything is possible and i can do anything and i'm really grateful that you know as a child i had that part of me be fostered and taken care of and um um supported you know and so like you like you're breaking generational curses yourself like with your with your own child and you know that's great that's beautiful like i love to see that in the world now and you know me growing up um, and I'm sure you too, you know, spirituality was not something that was ever really at the forefront. Spirituality, um, you know, I, I think I have like a, almost a, maybe a different perspective because again, you know, we, we did this as a business, you know, we had, you know, we had businesses, we had signs, we had, you know, all these things, right? And people would, would um, when they had appointments and they would come, they would not park out front they would park like on a side street somewhere or whatever and they would walk to us because they didn't want to be seen they didn't want their car to be seen in that parking lot at that psychic you know like that was like a big taboo it's like a no uh-uh and it's really cool like where we are now that spirituality is so accepted absolutely I, one of the one of the cool things that i've noticed I'm sorry, I'm just like going on a rant up here, but. No, you do you, you do you. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that I've noticed um, in terms of like spirituality and how it has evolved over the years. Um, I am someone who, you know, works with twin flames, you know, helping people become their own twin flame, helping people be ready to sustain that type of relationship. And one of the things in order to becoming to yeah to become your own twin flame or to even meet that uh, romantic version of the twin flame, in order to have that happen, you have got to accept yourself fully, and you have got to accept your you know your spirituality, your divine feminine, and your divine masculine. And as time is going on, and as I'm like reading for these younger people, this younger generation, you know, our Gen Z people, and I'm doing readings for them. And these are the this is a generation that is already embracing their spirituality. They're already embracing both the divine feminine and the divine masculine at the same time. And it is creating something so different from what I'm used to seeing. It's creating like an easier life for them you know it's, it's creating better connections for them it's creating um you know better relationships in in general healthier absolutely so i'm i really love where spirituality is at the moment in that respect that it is you know accepted now 
and it's actually making a difference. Yeah. I um I started my spiritual awakening when I was a teenager and this was early 2000s. So like you mentioned, you know, back in the day, it was always like, no, you're doing witchcraft. No one really understood spirituality. No one understood divination. All we had was the movie, The Cross. All we had was The Cross. And then everybody was like, ah! <laughs> it's like, it's not all like The Craft, okay? I mean, The Craft is awesome, but you know. <laughs> yes. Everything was very demonized. Like everything that you did, it was always like, no, that's uh, devil worship. No, it, spirituality is in every religion. Even in practices that don't have any type of um, religious background or religious uh, platforms, there's spirituality because there's your intuition that says, yes. science is going this way, science is going that way. That's an intuition that we're not aware of or science has not caught up enough to understand that that's your intuition. Absolutely. Before we skip over uh, the Twin Flame, can you explain a little bit about what Twin Flame is? So the general idea of a Twin Flame, and I, I think I want to kind of talk about some of the myths a little bit here too. So everyone has a Twin Flame, but not everyone will meet their Twin Flame in this lifetime. There is a difference between soulmates and Twin Flames. And I think a lot of people... Um, confuse the two or think that they are both the same. We have multiple soulmates. They're not always like romantic partners. Sometimes they're your children. Sometimes they're a friend, a coworker. Yes, they can be romantic, but they're not that limited. The point of a soulmate connection is that this is someone who enters your life. They, they teach you something. You know, it's a soul lesson to be learned and, and you teach them something as well. And then usually once that lesson has occurred, physical separation tends to happen. Um, you can, of course, you know, marry a soulmate or be with a soulmate permanently. Like it's not that it won't work. It's just be aware that you do have to put the work in right now with a twin flame relationship, a romantic twin flame relationship. You this is someone who. It's a really strong connection at the beginning. They are typically always romantic. Um, although I have been coming across some twin flame relationships that aren't romantic. So this is something that's starting to kind of change a little bit. But the point of a twin flame relationship is that this is someone that you meet where it's a, it's a really strong, passionate bond in the beginning. Here's the best way to put it. A soulmate has you look outside of yourself, helps you learn how to connect with other people and understand other people. Whereas a twin flame makes you look at yourself, makes it's twin flame is your mirror. And a twin flame will highlight all of your good points and all of your bad points. A twin flame highlights your, your bad points, which are not really bad at all, but that's how you see them. It's, you know, it's how we view these, these traits, these characteristics. We will view them as negative. Um, but they, a twin flame brings those things to the surface, brings those things to the light so that you can accept those parts of yourself and find the good in it. Find, you know, accept it, own it. And, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to help people understand is that the twin flame experience Twin flames have become really um, 
toxic, I think. Like, the idea behind Twin Flames has become really toxic. Right. And if they're not toxic relationships at all. And a lot of people who are not really familiar with what a Twin Flame relationship really is, they are, like, pushing the toxic relationship in a Twin Flame package. And that's not it at all. A Twin Flame relationship will never be toxic. It will be hard. It will be difficult to get through. It will, it can be really intense, but it's never toxic. And, you know, I want to help people reimagine that twin flame experience because it's not, it's not how people have really painted that picture. At the end of the day, you are your own twin flame. And, and I think that that's where people really need to start. Like if you're looking for your better half, if you're looking for the love of your life, you've, you've got to start with you. You can only love someone as much as you love yourself. And at the same time, you know, the type of love that someone else wants to give you might not be the love that that you need. But it's also like people never really take the time to figure out what the love is that they need. And so that's something that I really help people um, you know, figure out and, and come to terms with and help them become their, their own twin flame because your twin flame is your mirror image. So you got to figure out yourself first before you can go somewhere else. Twin flame or no twin flame, you got to figure yourself out first. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you do offer a course on this, correct? I do, yes. I have a six-week course becoming your twin flame a journey to self-love and we go over everything in that course we do shadow work we do sound healing we do um oh my gosh meditations there's so much that goes on in that course it's a little bit of everything or our readings like we touch on all of the different aspects to help you understand yourself on that deeper level to again become your own twin flame that's awesome. I think um, everyone should consider looking into themselves first. And right now, I like you mentioned, you know, everybody wants to get into a relationship real quick. I want to find my soulmate. I want to find that that perfect perf- person for me, that Instagram picture frame wedding, right? Um, but self-love and self-care, because I'm all about self-care too. And it's a lot of um, going into your shadow work, like you mentioned. It's a lot of um, putting the work in within Yep. Not just like putting up a, a facial and going to get your hair and nails done. It's about moving the things that are going on inside of you. So I think that course is, is very, um, should be very successful for those who are actually looking for the self-love and self-care as well. Um, another thing that I saw on your page was your Patreon. Um, do you want to talk to us a little bit about your Patreon? So anybody who's listening, I'm sure by now they've fallen in love with you because you're amazing. <laughs> and if they could actually see you and see your aura, everybody should go look at her Instagram. She has an amazing aura. Like, Thank you. You're so beautiful. Like, Thank you. You can tell. Physically, you're beautiful, but also the way that you're expressing yourself and your emotions and who you are, you could tell that you're such a beautiful soul. So... People should go definitely see who you look, what you look like and who you are in Instagram and in TikTok. 
because it seems like TikTok is a new trend now where there's a whole bunch of people in the spiritual community going into the TikTok. Yeah. Um, platforms or whatnot. And that's great, but I've also seen like a lot of scams. So it's it's insane i'm like i think the other day i messaged you saying hey you follow me on tiktok and it wasn't even you (laughs) it wasn't even you no it's gotten really bad the impersonation accounts have gotten so bad in the spiritual community instagram and tiktok like the the fake accounts are so insane right now that's a whole that's a whole, you need to do a show literally just on that. Like <laughs> you, Instagram is also um, getting ready to change. I think they might have already implemented it on the first. I don't know for sure, but they were changing their, um, like the way you advertise. Like if you are a spiritual person advertising on Instagram, you can no longer use the keywords tarot, psychic, like those keywords don't exist anymore. So we're seeing another shift again in in the spirituality realm in terms of social media. Listeners who are trying to look for a psychic advice and things that they're trying to look into that they're not fully seeing in the 3D world and want um, a little bit of the spiritual side should definitely do their research and make sure that the person is legit, has their... I love that link tree right now links all of your your websites together just because that's how you know or at least that's how I know when someone is legit I go into their link link tree and then I see all of their their um their platforms their social media platforms right here's something I'd like to touch base on because you did mention you know when you see that that link in that's how you know they're legit I do want to point out that a lot of the impersonation accounts are posting Whoever they're impersonating, they are posting their legitimate link. So one of the ways that I, the things that I think you should pay attention to, like how do you know you're talking to someone legit or not? Pay attention to the spelling. Um, you know, are there are there extra characters? Are there underscores? Are there periods in that name? The usual, like the actual creators usually don't have any, you know, periods or underscores or anything and everything will be spelled correctly. So pay attention to that. They like to sneak in, you know, extra letters here or there or make something a plural that was never a plural before or add numbers to something. So that's kind of like your first red flag. And then whenever you get that DM that's like, hello, Grand Rising, would you like to be considered for a reading? big huge red flag like I would just block and delete at that moment (laughs) I've gotten so many uh my ancestor wants to speak to you and Mm -hmm. my ancestor brought me to you I'm like wait a second I got my own ancestors (laughs) don't worry I got this you know right like they didn't tell me you'd be calling me today they didn't tell me you was gonna pop up in my dm like yeah it's Especially if they know anything about working with ancestors. Um, your ancestors are mostly for you, are mostly for your generation and, and for you. Right. Spirit guides are a whole different story. Spirit guides are actually, you know, in it for the bigger community or whatnot. But most of the time, ancestors are just for yourself. So the fact that someone reaches out and says, my ancestor wants to speak to you. <laughs> 
Yeah, like red flag right there. Huge red flag. Huge red flag. Absolutely. Is there anything else you would like to touch on before I leave you? I don't want to leave you. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about... <laughs> no, you're good, girl. You're good. I did want to talk about my Patreon a little bit. Um, I know that you asked me that question and then we kind of went off into another world. We did. We did. So, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, but like over, over on my Patreon, it is a place where there's just, there's more content there. And, and it's not the same things that you're saying on, you know, Instagram and TikTok. I do like weekly energy reports there. Um, I have an option where you can do a, you know, a monthly situation reading with me. Um, we also do rituals over there. I share things from my role money culture over on Patreon. Um, so lots of lots of fun things that are a little more personal is happening over on Patreon. Wow, awesome. I'm definitely going to have to check it out because I I think that you in a community and you leading a community is it, kind of the way that I'm kind of looking to be in a mentorship kind of thing because it's the same thing. Like I said, um, I've had different walks of life with my spirituality. I've researched many things, but it's not, if it doesn't resonate with you, the practice or whatnot, then there's no sense of you pursuing it. So it has to resonate with you. The person has to resonate with you. And there has to be some sort of connection as well. So absolutely. Alice, thank you so much for joining me. I love the fact that, you know, I messaged you and me being completely new to the podcast community and all, and you were still willing to jump on board just because you want to get your word out and you want to make sure that you are heard the person that you are. So I really do appreciate you, you giving the support in this small podcast right now. Hopefully someday it will be bigger, but definitely. It will be, it will be bigger. It will be, you know, thank you for having me. I'm, I really appreciate you reaching out to me and having me. And I want to, I want to support the spiritual community in as many ways as I can. All of these different voices, you know, as practitioners, we all have our own gifts and our own vibe and our own frequency. And, you know, not everyone vibes with every teacher, right? Like we all kind of vibe with different people. So I think that the more voices we can get out there, you know, the more we can help different types of people who maybe don't resonate with what's already being put out there. So I support you, girl. Thank you, babe. Um, and that's pretty much the, the key thing about this podcast, because there's so many forms of doing what you want to do. And people are not fully aware. They don't have the, the awareness of knowing where to go next and what actually is for them. So that's that's kind of my my voice in here, I guess you could say. I love it. I love it. You're giving that guidance to those who need it. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. Appreciate you, Alice. I hope you come back soon. And let me know if you need anything from me. I would definitely be um, joining you on Patreon and we'll go from there. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.